to a special edition of On the Shop Floor, where Weaver's partners in charge of manufacturing, distribution, and retail services, Jody Allred and Colby Horn. Today, we're gonna to be joined by Weaver's Director of Development and Research, Nancy Imholt, and Kirst Dixon, Partner of Tax Services, to help us kind of get a little better understanding of R&D credits. Nancy, Curtis, welcome to the shop floor. Thank you for having us. Nice to meet you. I like how you flip the R and D to DNR. Well done, <laughs> you know, you just gotta you gotta mix it up. You gotta mix it up for sure. Yeah. So maybe we just maybe just go high level initially and just Nancy, if you can give us what is what what are R and D credits? What are R and D credits? That's my favorite question. So basically, that is a credit in order that it's a federal incentive to induce companies to have um, have R and D within their company and kind of um, encourage people to increase their spending year over year. And so as that spending increases, um, then they're able to get credits. So the credit usually rolls out to about seven to 10% of whatever you have as qualified expenditures. I think this, this R&D tax credit is absolutely the easiest thing in the world to sell. I mean, going out, creating free money from what you're already doing. If you have these processes, reach out, let's get started, let's find that free money for you. That's the message that I want our clients to hear is that we can help them find some dollars out there to save on the on the tax side. So, I mean, it can be a, a nice little cash flow incentive mm -hmm. for, for companies. So what kind of costs qualify? So the cost of qualify, um, you have wages, which is the easy one. So your W-2 box one wages are gonna qualify um, for anybody that's directly involved in R&D activities. Um, you have your supplies, so that supplies doing uh, prototypes, um, any uh, initial modeling that you're having to figure out, okay, what's the, the proper um, design to get to that, that first, first run of a functional um, model that you have, um, and then any contract labor that you have as well. And so your contract labor is gonna be, so like if you've got say a third party doing uh, the machine work in order to build your, your, your prototype, then that's really where those are gonna come in. So that's a, a good example of that. Does it matter that these costs are stateside on the US side or international? It does it does, yeah. Okay. And so you only get the credit on the costs that are within the United States. Okay. And so anything that's foreign, so if you've got somebody in China working on some of your design or some of that, that development work, that's not going to qualify. What industries most qualify? I know I've got a mixture of clients between manufacturing, technology, architecture that qualify, but are there, are there more beyond what we think of as manufacturing, making something that also qualify? Well, I think most people, when they think of the R&D tax credit, they usually assume that it's people wearing lab coats kind of doing biotech stuff, that sort of thing, where they're looking for the cure for cancer and, and that, that that's really what's gonna be the majority of what qualifies. Um, but in actuality, um, about 70% of all R&D tax credits are 60 to 70% are in the M&D realm. So, I mean, it's pretty significant. So what might be some of those questions that they would ask that could be a little bit more specific or kind of maybe trigger something in your ear when they say or ask it? Um, well, so like if you're doing anything that is kind of creating efficiencies within the, your your workspace, so if you're um, changing the functionality of any of your products to create those efficiencies um, and you have some sort of um, uncertainty in the way that that is going to be, you're going to get to that end goal. So you're like, okay, this is what we want to do, and but we're not sure 
how to get there. So like uh, an example of a client that we had previously is they created, they were chemical engineers and they created sticky, like all kinds of sticky. So sticky to make diapers stick, sticky to, I don't know, stick that piece of wood to that piece of wood. Right. And so their um, thing was kind of like, okay, well, we need it to stick. It can't tear up the fabric um, of the diaper. How do we get it to stick? What's the, the amount of resistance that we need to get? And so just the kind of ideas that they had to go through in order to um, and the kind of iterations of, well, that didn't work. Well, that destroyed the cloth on the diaper. So mm -hmm. that's not a possibility. So kind of, it's just figuring out if there's kind of any, well, that's not going to work. This is going to work going on within what you do. Then you should ask the question to see if maybe you can meet that, that four part test of the R and D tax credit. Mm -hmm. So what's the benefit? So if you're, if you are doing those activities and you're not taking advantage of the credit, what is what is the tax treatment and and the difference and why why in that scenario would you want to go down the R and D tax credit route versus sort of just not Ignorant. even pursuing it? And, it? and it's so if you have taxable income, even if you don't have taxable income, it can still be beneficial to you um, because I mean, so the the initial obvious answer is. Um, you have taxable income, this is a, a, a dollar for dollar tax offset. So um, if you're going to have a million dollars of um, qualified expenditures and you're going to have, so that's 7% is going to be qualified for the R&D tax credit, you're going to have a $70,000 credit. So then that's going to offset your um, tax bill by $70,000 essentially. And so um, if you aren't in a taxable situation, then those credits will continue to build up for up to 20 years. So maybe you're not in a taxable situation now, but you're planning to be taxable within 10 years. And so then you can have those credits building up so that you can set, offset that future tax liability. I think a, a great thing to, to bring up as well is the change in 2022 with how you treat the Section 174 mm -hmm. costs and the five-year amortization. Well, if now you're required to amortize those costs, and you haven't been taking advantage of the R&D credit, maybe we should start thinking about it. We know we're gonna have a negative tax impact right. due to that amortization. Well, why not take the credit as well? Or look into if we have costs that could qualify for the credit. Right, and that change, I mean, um, so we have clients that have been um, been just building those tax credits and NOLs in, in prior years. And with this change to 174, where you're now having to capitalize your research and development cost and amortize it over five years for domestic, 15 years over for foreign, um, we have clients that have eaten up basically all of their R&D tax credits, and that's the only reason they're not paying tax this year. So mm -hmm. having that in your back pocket um, is a, a great kind of umbrella to help shield you of some of that tax liability that might be down the road. For I mean, because again, you don't know what Congress or anything else is going to do in the future. So. Unfortunately not. <laughs> Unfortunately. Our so, magic ball is broken. Yeah. Yeah. In addition to the, the carryover benefit, because you're right, what what are the clients going to say, I don't have any tax, why mm -hmm. do I need to pay for an R&D tax credit yeah. study? <clears throat> but to your point, you can carry that forward and get future benefit. So these tax credits are obviously at the federal level. Is there any credits at the state and local level as well? There are. And so I think last time I checked, I believe it's about 38 states um, also have some sort of R&D tax credit, um, which includes Texas. There's a, a lot of benefits, so it can also offset. So you may be in a position, too, where you're not paying federal tax, but like in the state of Texas, you right. might be paying franchise tax. Right. And so this can help you offset your franchise tax as well. And some of the, um, we do also 
um, review some of the, the R&D credit calcs that some of the boutique firms do as well. And typically, um, what we've seen is they'll calculate it for the federal, but not necessarily for the state. So you want to make sure that you're getting the benefit. If you're eligible for it, you want to make sure you're getting the, the benefit for it in every way you can. Right. Yeah, so I like to tell clients, don't, don't leave money on the table. You want a confident person doing the right. study and, and making you feel good about the support behind that. But right. Yeah, that's an incentive that they put out there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I encourage them to, to go after that money. Right. So you kind of bring up a good point of having the documentation together and the support. Kind of what is that documentation and support that you're typically asking for or, or utilizing with our clients? And I'm curious if this kind of makes you a target to the IRS if you're utilizing these credits. Are we seeing that or... It used to be, so previously it was a tier one issue with the IRS. Um, as Robert Henry likes to explain it, it's kind of a pendulum. So it kind of swings in and swings out. We were kind of at a low period to where there, I mean, the IRS is a little un- undermanned right. previously, as we all know. A little underwater. And so um, I don't know if they had the manpower to go out and audit those credits the way they had previously. Um, but there, I have not seen a lot of activity in that area recently. Okay. And as far as support goes, what are you seeing there? Like what kind of documentation does the client need to put together? Yeah. And so um, like when we do our studies, so we have conversations with whoever the project managers are, whoever's kind of running those projects. Sometimes we have um, interviews with the employees that are actually doing the work. Um, We get examples of the type of project, how they were involved in the project, um, what um, types of uncertainty that they had, how, how they kind of tested the theories beyond around what they were going to do um, in order to get to that end goal. Um, and so, and it's a really interesting job. Like if, if you have a mind where you're like, hey, how, th- how did you do that? Then this, they'll tell you. And all these people that we get a chance to talk to, um, they're very excited about the work that they do and they love to tell you about it. <laughs> so is, is, is there like it's a like success much. factor to this credit, like, do you have to be successful in whatever these new or we improved? No, yeah, so, so we um, also like to see a lot of failure in our group. Okay. So, <laughs> because I mean, failure means that you tried something yeah. different, right? So you tried it this way and, um, oh, that didn't work. So now we have to try this other thing. So all those testing of different alternatives is kind of the experimental process. And so that's what you like to see. And that kind of shows that yes, you're doing research and development. Yeah, we're basically trying to drive improvement Correct. and yeah. always getting better as mm-hmm. as a business. So exactly. that's great. That's all the time we have today on the shop floor. I want to thank Nancy and Curtis for joining us uh, today to talk about R and D credits. I want to thank the on shop floor viewers uh, for joining us. We we hope it was helpful for you today. Uh, please join us on weaver.com forward slash thought leadership for manufacturing, distribution, and retail developments. And you can also sign up for our newsletters. Thanks again.